I said it, and I'll say it again. I, I'm thankful for your part. We are one great team. I mean, I'm uh, maybe the one that kicks the ball into the goalie to score, but uh, it, there's a whole team behind. Otherwise, it wouldn't be possible. And we, we really appreciate and, and uh, the joys we have. We have a joy of seeing it happen, and you have the joys of hearing about it. But one day, you'll meet those people up in glory. And they'll, they'll have a story to tell you, and you'll have a story to tell them, too. Because I know uh, we've, you and I, we've all been wonderfully saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I serve in France. I preach most of the time in French. English is my second language, really. It's become a second language. Uh, but uh, so I, I'm going to preach like I preached back, back home. Uh, so I'll, I'll preach in French and English. Uh, I'll be thinking in French and talking to you in English, trying to anyway. So just uh, hang on, put your seatbelt on, and uh, and uh, you, you'll need to listen with both ears to get it all. But well, uh, most of all, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to speak to our hearts, isn't it? And that's the way he does it, and uh, fortunately he does. Would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21? Matthew chapter 21, and I'm going to read a couple of verses there. Uh, in our theme, of course, we're talking about all nations, and uh, these flags represent a good number of them, and, and, uh, and the gospel goes to all these nations, and what's in, in my travels in, on four different continents so far, uh, I found that uh, when the gospel penetrates, the, the culture is there, but the transformation in a life, it looks the same in everyone. And uh, we were singing, and when that word hallelujah came up, I said, that's, that's the way you can identify yourself. You're in the country, they can't, they don't know what you're saying. Just say hallelujah. If any Christian around there, he'll know it. He'll show up. Uh, that's that's uh, one word, or amen, but of course Muslims use amen, but, but hallelujah, we're the only ones. And you, you say that, and um, all of a sudden, some will perk up. And, uh, and we have wonderful fellowship. So I gave you time to find Matthew chapter 21, and we'll read verses 12 and 13. It speaks, uh, the Lord speaks of his father's house. Matthew 21 and verse 12, he says, And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those, all who sold and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, and you make it a den of robbers. That's what Jesus said, and when he said it, he was quoting the Old Testament, what God said. And that's a truth that's still there. And, uh, and I think, and of course, the reason I stopped there is because he says the house of prayer for all peoples. That's the way, the way it is, and uh, we'll see it in, uh, in Isaiah. Christ, this is the second time Christ uh, comes to the temple and drives all the money changers and uh, seller, uh, those that were selling animals and pigeons. And he did it the first year of his ministry, and we have that in John chapter 2. And there he says, you've uh, made uh, my house in a... Uh, in, uh, house of trade and at the end of his ministry three uh, three years later he comes and he says you made a house a house of robbers things that got worse 
And uh, you can stop and, and you've got your ideas, you've all heard this and uh, you've had reactions and, and people from the world say, well, see, Jesus, even him, gets upset and, and uh, is, that, is that a way a Christian is supposed to act? And that's, is that, you know, you get those thoughts, just stop and say, what the Lord did is right. Now it's for me to understand what he did and what he had in mind. Uh, the Lord never lost control of himself. Uh, he, he was responding because things weren't right in his father's house. Um, he, uh, but what I find is that, this is the beautiful part of it, is the verse 14. See, I stopped too soon. We only saw the part where he drives everybody out. But verse 14 is what, that was his goal. He says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Uh, of all people, the blind and the lame, those that couldn't see came, and those that couldn't walk came. He said, actually, that, that's what his father's house, who the house, father's house is for. It's for those people. How did the blind find him? They had to be led. How did the lame find him? They had to be brought. You know, that's the whole business. That's the business, uh, what God wants to do. And people need to come to Jesus. Uh, and they need, they, they need to come to him, and he can help them. And, and what's so interesting, because it could have been, he could have said a lot of, all kinds of other things. And he says, and this is the Holy Spirit's choice of words, he says, the blind and the lame. One, because it's true, and two, is because that's what he wanted. And, and, and that's what he wanted to do that day. And that's who he wanted to reach. And if, if that's who he wanted, then we need to arrange our thinking and, re, uh, and rewrite our, our thoughts to think his thoughts after him. And say that in his mind, the priority was these people that can't come. And that, he says, my father's house is for that kind of people. Let's move the other stuff, the other activities away so they can come. Uh, if it's culture, if it's uh, habits, if it's uh, uh, tradition, whatever might be in the way, he says, move it out of the way so that those that are blind and those that are lame can come, come to him. Actually, when you look at the, what he says and he quotes the Old Testament, actually he's quoting two different passages. He's quoting, uh, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. That's one passage. It's in Isaiah. And then, uh, and you have made it into a den of robbers is another prophecy, and that's in Jeremiah. So go with me uh, to Jeremiah chapter 7. Why did he call it robbers? Because uh, those people, as far, they had animals to sell, and they, they changed the money because you had to, when you came to celebrate, at the temple, you needed to have an animal. And if you came from, say, Libya, or you came from uh, Iraq, or, I mean, they were, Jews were coming from all over the place, they couldn't come with their animals all the way to Jerusalem. They'd be in no shape to offer to the Lord. So it was a service. These people were offering a service to people who wanted to worship God. Why money changers, money changers? Because you had to change all kind of currencies into the, uh, the shekel of the, of the temple. 
I mean, it was a service. What was wrong with that? They were helping. Maybe there was a little profit in it, but I mean, that's, uh, that's not always wrong. But, but Christ just, he didn't say, uh, you need to just uh, be a little more fair. He, he just put them out. What was the problem? Why does he call them robbers? And, and, and if you just stop like that, you start thinking with your own thoughts, and you come up with your own interpretation, based on nothing except your experience maybe, uh, and, uh, and we can get the wrong thoughts. But since he quoted something from scripture, and he, he said, let's go back and see what, what he was thinking. So Jeremiah, and you're probably there before I am now, I've been talking and I haven't been looking. Uh, Jeremiah chapter seven, and uh, I'll just read a few of the verses. Uh, verse 8, we'll start reading in verse 8. He says, Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, com uh, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered! only to go on, to go on go, doing all these abominations. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? That's God speaking to Israel. He says, he says, all week long, you're doing all kinds of things that displease me. And then you show up on the Sabbath day, you show up at the temple, and you're there all holy, and all worship, and all, we are God's people, and God has redeemed us, and hallelujah, and all kinds of beautiful thoughts. He says, and then when you leave, you go do what you did last week. He says, that's why you're robbers. A den of robbers, robbers never steal in their den. There's nothing, everything's correct in the den. It's what they've been doing all week that makes them robbers. It's what they're doing the following week that makes them robbers. It's not what they're doing in the den. They're not stealing anybody there. There, they're just sharing, talking, and sharing stories. And, and he says, and you've made my house a den of robbers. He says, to me, it's the same thing as a den of robbers. Because before you came to the den, it's all stealing, killing, hurting, and when you leave, it's all stealing, killing, hurting. He says, so you've made my house into a house of robbers. And you know, we look at our spiritual life, and it, it's beautiful. We have everything for worshiping the Lord. We have beautiful songs that say just what we wouldn't know how to say ourselves. Somebody has said it better than I, ha I can. We have music, we have all that, and in, in church we all look so holy. I mean, the angels probably blush. But Jesus says, that's not what I look at. What was your life like last week, and what will it be next week? And uh, he says, uh, and that's for each one to look at individually and say, have I? turned 
the temple of the Holy Spirit, this place where I need to be worshiping the Lord in my heart, have I turned it into a den of robbers in his sight? Is that the way he sees it? He says, it wasn't meant for that. It had a whole other purpose. He says, this temple wasn't for that. He says, yeah, the, the original tabernacle in the desert was a way of telling his people and everyone else in the world, the God of Israel loves to be among his people. The temple of Solomon had the same message. God loves to be with his people. When uh, angel Gabriel spoke to Mary, he says, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. That's the first message. But then, you know, after the cross, it's not Emmanuel, it's us with Christ, us living for Christ. Of course, Christ is with us. And Emmanuel, that continues. But then there's an ex another message that's possible. There's another opportunity, there's another privilege for us is that we be with Christ. And, and Christ's desire, he says, oh, he says, someday I'm, I'm going to come take you to be with me so that where I am, you'll be also. I've come to where you are, but next it's you with me. And that's where our thoughts need to be. My father's house will be a house of prayer. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 56. That's where he picked up that thought. Uh, and we want to put it in the context in the chapter, um, so Isaiah 56, and, uh, and as I, I read these verses, I want you to think, is God's house a building, or is it people? The tabernacle, the temple of Solomon, the temple of Herod, those were buildings. People admired the stone, they admired the gold. But look at here. Isaiah 56, and I begin in verse 1. He says, Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbaths, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner, underline, who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs, to keep my Sabbath, to choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners? who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer from all people. 
The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. Do you notice uh, when he went into the temple of Jerusalem, he said, I don't want your, off your offerings. I don't want your sacrifices. He drove the animals out and those that sold them out. And here he says, in this, he says, I want, I will receive your offerings. You see that in, in, in verse 7, uh, second part, he says, uh, uh, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. It's not that God doesn't want them, but there's got to be a, a change of heart. Notice uh, he has no reference to a building, no reference, but it's reference to, to people. People form the house of God. Uh, you can almost see there, you can see a, a, a prophecy of, of the church, because that's where the church is defined, isn't it? It's a, a body of believers. Uh, verses 1 and 2, he, he speaks of son of man, uh, people in a normal condition. He says, yeah, they keep my Sabbaths, great. They fit in the house of my father, the house of prayer. But then what's curious is that he talk, speaks to the foreigner. And you know the foreigner, and you, you know the Old Testament, and you read about uh, how there was a few foreigners, non-Jews, that, that were able to come in. You, you have uh, Rahab, you have uh, Ruth, and uh, you have a few others that, that were able to integrate into the Lord's people. But here he says they're foreigners. He speaks of them as foreigners, and they remain foreigners. He says, uh, let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. He, he says, uh, don't, may the foreigner, the one that's from a different background, the one that not, did not grow up in this, the one who never knew it, that didn't have, didn't grow up in a Christian home, didn't grow up in a, in a Christian country, didn't, never heard the gospel it's much later. He says, let, let that one come and feel at home and feel secure in the church. And never think that, well, I'm a foreigner and I'll always be a foreigner and people look at me as a foreigner and, and, uh, and uh, someday they'll just, uh, I get shoved out. He says, oh, not in my father's house. You belong there just as much as anyone else. He says to the foreigner, if you've come to, to abide, and he says uh, uh, to uh, verse uh, six and seven, he says, uh, you come and, and to keep my, the Sabbaths, to not profane it, and uh, he says, come on in, come on in. This is your home. That's the message we have when we go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, the church is for you. Wherever you might come from, whatever your background, whatever your language, ethnic, you know, he says it's a house, God's house, the house of prayer for all peoples. Peoples is not just nationality. Uh, there's different ways of grouping people. Uh, in our world, uh, you group people are grouped by social standards. You group by geography. You group by color. You group by uh, handicap, by interests. I mean, we have all kinds of ways of. He says it's for all peoples. So however you however you divide people up, it's for all peoples. 
He says, and they need to feel welcome. And you know, if God thinks that way, if that's the way God thinks of his house, house of prayer, then we need to think that way. Anyone he welcomes, we must welcome. Anyone he receives, we receive. And no distinction. He says, let him never feel like he's an outsider. No, he wants to be a part of it. And I, and I, just, uh, I just thank the Lord for the experience he's given me in, in Saint-Denis. And we, I was just telling the pastor that even in, in Fréjus, we don't have very many people, but we do still have uh, five or six different nationalities anyway. Uh, you know, that all these peoples, wherever, whatever, they, where they were, they were uh, Muslim, they were Hindu, they were Catholic, they were Protestant, they were atheists, they were whatever they might have been, however you might have defined them before. They come into the church to become one people. And, and it was so beautiful to see these people, they come all, all week long, they're in a society that makes distinction because of their color, because of their origin, because of their sta financial status, for all kinds of reasons, they're kind of looked down upon. And then they come into church, oh, it feels so good, because here I'm a, I'm a people, just like the rest. And, and you know, they didn't like to leave. They were there all day long. I mean, it, it was long days, but that's a place that feels good, because you're counted for who you are, and you're, you're welcome. And, and, and we did everything so that they would, whatever their background, uh, and however recent they are in, in the Lord, that was their place. And they could they make themselves at home. Because that's the way the Lord thinks. He says, my house is for people in general. He says, it's for the foreigner also. Because my father's house is a, is a house of prayer for all people. Isn't it strange, the next group he, he refers to in, in verse chapter, in verse 3. He speaks of the foreigner, you say, okay, I see the foreigner. But then, of all things, to pick the eunuch. And he says, and let not the eunuch say, behold, I'm a dry tree. Um, a eunuch is a, is a person has been scarred for life. And because of that scar, He's not able to do what all the rest do. He's got something he has to live with all his life. It's marked his life. You know, today, maybe we don't have eunuchs, but we have a lot of people whose lives have been scarred. And the scars is not always the result of their own life and poor choices, but sometimes it's other people. They, girls have been abused. As little girls, they're marked for life. You have a child that's grown up, and growing up, they always told him, you'll never make it, you're worthless, you won't. He's marked, I've, I've had to deal with adults that's still marked by the way their, their parents treated them. You've got all kinds of scars. 
There's all different ways. We have counselors, and, and we have churches have counselors, and the world has counselors to help these kind of people that have been scarred. That, and uh, they use means of escape, and they use uh, alcohol, they use drugs, or they use other things to escape some of their problems. And then they're scarred. And it's hard to pick up again because, but you know what God says? He says, in my father's house, Jesus says, in my father's house, they're welcome. I'll take them. Our society bears with them. Our society criticizes them. Our society kind of tells them, well, okay, just, just, just do your best. Jesus says, my father's house is for those kind of people. They need to come, and they need to feel welcome. He says, see, you see those words? He says, the, the eunuch says, behold, I'm a dry tree. He says, I can't do anything. I've been marked. I'm a, I'm a psychological problem, and I will be the rest of my life. I'm on this treatment, and I'm on this. And I'm marked, I'm, I'm worthless. I'm a dry tree, I cannot produce, and I, I'll, I'll do nothing with my life. And there's so many of those around us. Let's not push them away. The society is mean enough to push them away. Let's receive them. He says, he, he says, he says come into my house, I'll give you a name. Maybe where you are in the family you were born, they said, we, we didn't want a girl, we wanted a boy. And you felt growing up that she, nobody ever wanted you. You were the wrong kind. Or we just didn't want you. We didn't want any more children. Uh, wait, and you're marked. God says, come, come in my house. I'll give a reason to your life. I'll give meaning to your life. He says, uh, um, within my walls, uh, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name bitter than sons and daughters. He says, because the reason people had children back then, it was so that's to keep, keep the family name. He says, and if you were a eunuch, you couldn't have, and uh, so your name would be lost. He says, I'll give you, in my church, in my house, in my father's house, I'll give you a name that will continue. You know, you all know about the eunuch, Philip witness to, don't you? And he it just spent 2,000 years. He's got a name. He says, I, and then to all of us, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17, he speaks of giving us a new name. Each of us, a new name. And it'll be our name for eternity. My name right now, just Steve, very common name. You go on the internet and put Steve, wow. And you put Steve Barton, still out of them. And they're all colors. Ah, that's beautiful. I like that. Even in Michigan, you have red ones and green ones. But, you, you know, but the uh, Lord says, I'll give you a name. And you'll have a name just like everybody else. And you, your life will be a monument. And you will be representing forever God's work in a man's life, in a lady's life. You will represent what God can do, and you will be a monument to his glory forever. 
God says, for all these people that cannot find a place in a family, in a neighborhood, in a society, and, and they've turned to all kinds of things and, and they've changed their lifestyle and everything else to try to find an identity. He says, come to the house of my father. There's room for you. And I'll give you a new name, a new life. And, you, you know, and I think, and I think of saint and how many lives that would have been they were worthless now if they had important. Even in, even in Frejus, we got some people, they come with the backgrounds and, and, and their life. And, and you know, you, you, you can pick the gospel, but you, and then you got to build the whole man, the whole person. It's not just getting saved. It's rebuilding the whole person. Our ministry is to the whole person. Christ's ministry is to the whole person. Because when he died on the cross, he didn't die to save your soul. He died to save the whole person. And, he, and if you die, your, your soul and your, your spirit goes into heaven. But then he says, I'll come back and get the body because I paid for that too. It's called resurrection. He says, I, I want the whole. What I gave Adam and Eve in the garden, I want that. Nobody in this world wants all that for you. Your boss wants your talent, your ability. Uh, someone else wants your, what you can produce. Someone else wants the pleasure you can give him. Someone else wants no one like Jesus Christ. It's, it receives you to give to you. He's not, it's not what he receives, it's what he gives to you and what he can give and how he can transform your life. He says, this is my father's house, a house of prayer. That's what the church is, and it's for all peoples, all languages. Uh, maybe read. Oh, oh, I like to, I like to read that in Revelation chapter five. It, it, it's just a beautiful, because that's what we're working toward, and that's what I want. I, if that's what the Lord wants, that that's what I want to help Him have, because He's done done so much for me. Revelation chapter five and. Uh, in, in verse 9, it says, And they sang a new song. Israel could sing praises to God. God, your power is wonderful. Your mercies are wonderful. They could sing that. But they could not sing the song of the redeemed that we have. Christ died on the cross for our sins. He says, and they sang a new song. And that's the song I want to practice. I can't sing too well. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll just know the words. When I get to glory, I'll be able to sing. And people enjoy hearing me sing, maybe. He says, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain, by, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe, language and people and nation and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God and they shall reign on earth that's that's his plan and he we emphasized already he says I will build my church he says yeah, this and this is what it's going to look like I want a I want a church that's not all white I want one that's colored I want people from all tribes all nations how did uh, John, how did he know they were all from all tribes? Because they looked like it. He says, that's my father's house. 
And you know, it's easy to send missionaries over to reach people that we would never receive in our church. Sorry about that. I had to say it. But God says, my father's house is a house of prayer for all nations, all peoples, everyone, whether he's a normal person, whether he's a foreigner, or whether he's a eunuch. My father's house is for him. Am I in the business of gathering them? You gather with me or you don't, I'm still gathering them. That's what the, the last verse says in uh, Isaiah 56. Verse 8, he says, The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. There's a lot of words there in that verse in English. Uh, you go to the Hebrew, and, and I'll, I'll refer to Hebrew because I can read what people say about it. But it says, there's just gathered twice. He says, he gathers, gathers. Describe what God's doing. He's gathering. Gathering. Jesus said, he says, uh, I have people that are not of this fold, and I must bring them in too. That they might be. He said, my ultimate goal is not to have a fold. It's not to have a, 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 a denomination. It's not to have a, a, a movement. My goal is to have one shepherd and one flock. And the sheep are all colors. That's what God wants. That's what I want. And I want to work with him. And as long as his goals are my goals, we're, going, we're in business. And God can do wonderful things. And it's so wonderful to be right there in the front row on the mission field and seeing God doing it. But you know he can do the same thing here. You have the same problems we do because you have people and we have people. And even Christians are people. Oh, what makes that? What's so funny about that? But yet, God loves us. You know what? He hasn't driven any of you out. Why should He drive anyone else out? Because He says, what God wanted, He says, My Father's house is a house of prayer for all peoples. In, his, in God's mind, there's room for all of us. So let it be so in our minds. I want to pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. It's so beautiful. The thoughts are wonderful. And they give us hope. And it's such a way that we can uh, we say to anyone, come to Jesus Christ. He will receive you. He really means it when he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And Lord, uh, to have such a message that no one else has, no other religion has, but the gospel has. And Lord, we pray that we might think that way so that we can act that way and so that this church can be, reflect your thoughts and your concepts and your way of seeing things and your desires. And that's the way it'll be for eternity. Dear Lord, help us to line up our thoughts with your thoughts. In the name of Jesus Christ, and to you be all glory. Amen.